You are now entering the Mix You podcast. No credentials required. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 16 of the Mix You podcast. We are actually live together all in the same room for only the second time in the history of the podcast. We just finished a Mix You live event yesterday in Boston. Yep. And I'm here with my good friends, Andrew Stone and Lee Fields. I'm Jeff Sandstrom, and we are so honored today to be joined by Stan Endicott, who is, I mean... He's our best friend. Best friend. Our very best friend. He he helped us kick off the day yesterday at Mix You Live and just has so much wisdom and experience and just his brain explodes with goodness. And so we thought, what better way to spend the morning than to have breakfast with Stan because he believes that the best conversations, the best hang, the best way to connect with people is not, in fact, at Starbucks, like culture may say it is, (laughs) but is, in fact, at Denny's over breakfast or over a meal. And so we're here uh, with Stan just to try to glean from him some wisdom and some nuggets for you guys that we know you're going to love. So We may do more of these with Stan. I think we should. Over breakfast. Does it give us a reason to go eat? It does. Okay. Well, I'm in. That's good. We need to title these like... Breakfast, breakfast with Stan. Breakfast with Stan. That's perfect. And Denny's Volume could one. create a dish called the Stan Slam, and it'd be... Oh. <laughs> I actually have a booth at Denny's in Orange County, where I live. I have the same booth they take me to. So it's like Every my time? Own. Yeah. Or, you know, they know they all know where it is. Yeah. It's like down by the kitchen, which I like. I actually like eating by the kitchen because you're closer to the food. Closer to the food, and you get to really feel what it's like because those people are awesome. So, yeah, it's good. Do you order the usual, and they just do they know you that well? I order well for lunch. Breakfast is pretty usual, but for lunch, I always order stuff that's not on the menu. So like a, like, like a chef salad that's not on the menu. <laughs> Denny's. Yeah. With about a quart of Thousand Island dressing. Yeah. Oh. Not one thing wrong with that. No. But I don't put funny stuff on my salads, so I don't like olives and all that other crap, you know, like. Yeah. Just, that's weird. Egg, eggs kale. And, yeah. You, you don't like kale either, I bet. Beta cheese and stuff. Yeah. Lettuce, tomato, dressing. That's all you need. Wasn't he a, a president? Running for president? Kale. Kale. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. As quail. 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 Yeah. Oh, poor Dan. Dan. Whatever. Old Dan. <laughs> I think I was like 11 when that happened. <laughs> were you in the classroom when he couldn't spell potato? Was that was that you? I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, that's that was his downfall. He, he couldn't spell potato. <laughs> kid. Kids spell potato on the chalkboard, and he went up and added an e to the end. No way. (laughs) I have. That's when you know you're doomed when that happens. I have a golf hat that has Tiger Woods and Dan Quayle on the autograph on the nice top of the hat. Where did it come from? My father-in-law was at a golf tournament, and he got both their autographs. Cool to get both of their autographs on the same hat. (laughs) I told him it might have been. Worth more had he only had two separate hats, but he went for one. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that on eBay. Autograph hat by Tiger Woods and Dan Quayle. 
Yeah. $2.50. Yeah. Or please take it. Somebody take this. Yeah. Stan, uh, we won't talk much about this, but why don't you tell people what you do normally during the week? Wow. Well, um, about 14, 13, 14 years ago, I had this idea to start a company. And so I was in this office place. <clears throat> I took a hanger and bent it into the form of a slingshot and threw it on my buddy's desk. And I said, we need to start a company called Slingshot. And the company is called Slingshot, Slingshot Group. Some people think it's from David and Goliath's story. I wish it were that noble, but <laughs> it's not. Um, I, I grew up in a little village in southern Illinois. And we had a railroad track running right through the center of town. And me and my little buddies, there's like 15 of us, that... Uh, we would make slingshots, cut them out of trees, and go to the garage and get inner tubes and cut the pieces of rubber out of it and put, make make our own slingshots. And we'd lay in the ditch when the new car when the trains go by. We'd try to shoot out the windows of new cars. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's where the name came from. But it it started from churches asking me, uh, "Do you know any worship leaders and we could hire?" You know. Or, I said, oh, maybe. I know some guys. Yeah. And uh, that that started. The first one was in Arvada, Colorado, I remember. <clears throat> then it, that led to another one and kind of creeped along for a couple of years. And then my partner uh, now, Monty Kelso is his name. I tell people I started Slingshot. <clears throat> he saved it. Nice. And uh, we helped churches find... Great talent, and we also help churches keep great talent. So we do search and coaching. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so we have you know a great team, and and it's it's doing really well. I'm grateful for it. So that's kind of the deal. That's awesome. So going back to the the kids shooting out train windows with slingshots, uh -huh. can you remind us what was required as part of the initiation to be in that group? Because I think yeah, it was that sounds like a pretty unique group. Three or four things that you had to accomplish in order to be to in get there, right? Such high stature. Well, the first one you had to go mow an old lady's lawn <laughs> randomly. Just find some old lady and go mow her lawn, yep. and then you had to like donate blood, and uh, then you had to uh, go into the bank with a mask on and pretend that you're robbing the bank. <laughs> And, and you're like 10 years old. Yeah. Well, th that's the phantom version of how to be in this club. And someday we'll talk about the other things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. That's awesome. Yeah. But it was a – I will say that growing up in a little village with a railroad track and where it was a railroad town, a bunch of old railroad guys. I remember every summer parking my bike – on the porch of these old railroad guys and uh, just coughing from cigarettes. None of these guys were, 
you know, a lot of people we know and even pastors, are, you know, they smoke cigars and stuff. That's yeah. so sissy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> because these guys, these old guys smoke, you know, non-filter no Chesterfields. Yeah. Uh, They're real men. They were real men, real but men. they had the greatest stories. And so as a kid, having a railroad track to play on, and it just inspired creativity and curiosity, and it was just a... I had the best childhood in the history of, of the United States. You Google it, and it'll come up that way. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that, you know, legacy and <clears throat> stories like that of how you were kind of influenced by your dad and older men in that generation, like yep. that, there is something special about that. And I know that, that that informs a lot of what you do with these young leaders, and it it's part of the reason why you're so magnetic for guys like us because we're, we're craving that kind of wisdom and you don't, you don't get that a whole lot in our world today. So can you talk a little bit about that? Just like how, why that's important and stories and just how, how men can learn so much from older men who, you know, it's it just seems to be lacking. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I have found that I learned, you know, 99% of everything I know I learned from my dad. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, he's 97 years old. And um, I talk to him every day and uh, have an amazing relationship with him. <clears throat> he and my mother were married 71 years. I never met a man that loved his wife as much as my dad loved my mom. So it was like just pretty amazing to watch. But I watched him, you know, he had a, a furniture store, a little one there in, in that little town, and he had a lot of people worked for him. And I saw my dad, you know, he was a, he flew Hellcats in World War II, so he was always, we were always flying airplanes. And um, I saw him train, you know, a hundred different guys. And uh, so uh, teaching him how to fly. But my dad was always interested in people a lot younger than him. It's just something I've observed about him my whole life. A lot of it happened because he owned a company and had a lot of young guys, you know, delivering furniture and working on, you know, in the back room and stuff. And so I watched him do that, and he, and so I think I picked up from him how to do that. And so I, I think that it, like for me, I have, I'm intentional about having three friends in every decade, like. My little, my little, uh, you know, I got seven grandkids, and I know some of their little friends. You know, when they, we go to their house, and their little friends show up. I know them by name, and then teenagers. You know, like I know fourteen-year-old guitar players at our church. You know, I know their names, and people in you know twenties and thirties. My sweet spot is twenties and thirties. <clears throat> that's where I spend most of my time, and um, but. Um, I've always been interested in the mentoring word, and the thing I've learned is from a great book by Scott Peck. Scott Peck wrote People of the Lie, Road Less Traveled, and psychologist. He wrote a book called uh, Golf and the Spirit, as in playing golf, and it's a, a, a whole book on how a guy named Norman invited him to start playing golf. <clears throat> and he said, uh, this is what the book says that mentoring is far different than coaching, that mentoring is 
And if you guys look at the people in your lives that have that have mentored you, like I've identified 12 people in my life that have mentored me, and not one of them did I ask them to. Right. It doesn't work that way. They yeah. mentored you whether they knew it or not. Yeah. So Do, you, you look, you think right now of, you know, Ralph or Bob or Ted, whoever mentored you in your life, I, guarantee, I just guarantee you, you didn't ask them to. Mentoring is like... Uh, a drone that's flying around looking to land on something particular that they like. There's an important chemistry that happens because I don't, in, I don't, I only look to mentor people that I think that they care about my opinion. Otherwise, the chemistry doesn't work. So in mentoring, the co the mentor finds a student. It's casual, informal, and it often doesn't last very long. Hmm. Coaching is the opposite. Coaching is a contractual thing where you, we agree that you're going to accomplish these things. But the last thing that you want to say when you're mentoring somebody, the last thing of that particular moment, you do not want to say this. Well, when should we get together again? It doesn't work that way. It's like, I'll be in touch. And in, you know, because I'm mentoring a lot of guys right now, and some of them I haven't talked to for a year. And I have mentored some guys on an airplane in three hours that I'll never see again in my life. So mentoring is that creative curiosity thing. But that's that's what that's what I've learned to do, and that's what I do in our company. And uh, is that that close? Yeah, I think so. So not to get like too heavy, but like a guy like me, I had the probably the opposite childhood of you. I had railroad tracks and played on them, but my dad's not awesome. Um, and my relationship with him now is it's fine, but it took a lot of work to get there. Yeah. And you know, he's not like you said, not, what'd you say? 99% of everything, you know, you can learn from your dad. Probably. So 99% of how not to live. I learned from my dad. So like with I'm 34 kids are seven and nine. I'm sure there's guys out there in the exact same boat as me. Like, what do you do then? Like, even my grandparents are not ideal. So, like, I love hanging out with you and older guys, too. So, I, I tend to try and find older guys and just just sit and hang out. And not necessarily ask the mentor question, but just get, yeah, just, a, just osmosis, right? Just to be around positive older men who are wise. Even if they're not wise, like, I just want to go play golf with an old guy, you know? Well, your situation with your dad and your grandpa, <clears throat> uh, you can break that cycle. Sure. You know, you already, you're in the process of doing that. Yeah. <clears throat> but for you to, you know, just a, just a crazy thought is like, like yesterday, we were at the Mix You thing in Boston. And, you know, when I was in college, I was spending four hours a day for seven years learning how to orchestrate and learning how to be learning about music. And I got real good real pretty early in my life. And now, because I was always the young guy, now I'm the, always the older guy in the room. But if it hit me yesterday, like, what if, you know, um, is that really an old, a young man's game yesterday? You know, mm. It probably is, mm. but there's certain aspects of, you know, what if 
you had a, a, a guy that's 60 years old sitting in the chair next to you just just to be with. Yeah. You know, whenever you're like, so yeah. instead of looking for, only looking for 20-year-olds in the, in those front of house engineers, I, I'm i not suggesting that a 60-year-old guy should run your, run your you know, your sound sure. at your, you know, on your event. But I would just wonder, you know, to if spending time with, with those guys. But yeah. the reason that an older guy would want to spend time with you is because you would want to spend time with them. Mm. All you have to do... You know the four, the four strongest words in the English in the English language are "Will you help me?" And uh, it's just amazing. It works with ten year olds, and it works with it works with eighty year olds. Yeah, that is awesome. Well, and for that for that point about the guy sitting in the chair behind the console at a church, they don't necessarily have to be looking for mixing tips from that guy. No, it doesn't have to be that he's sort of some world-class audio engineer. Sometimes it's just, hey, here's what I'm thinking. Here's how I approach what I'm doing, and what do you think? And he might, just from his life experience and work experience and other things, just might have an insight for a younger guy that goes, oh, I, did, I wouldn't have thought to do something that yep. way. You, you know, the people that have meant the most to me, that I would, if I would look back and, and would try to identify if I ever had a, Mentor. I don't even know if I knew the word mentor until just a few years ago. I mean, it wasn't. That's just not part of your vocabulary. Right. When you're in your, when I was in my twenties, I was just trying to figure out how not to suck. Yeah. The guys who meant the most to me were the guys that I was just watching them live life. I wasn't going up and going, "Hey, can you tell me how this chain motor works?" Or can you explain this console? Or right. It had nothing to do with that. It was just looking at them live life. Looking at their relationship with their family or their kids or or just how they get through the day. Now, mine was the grid of music industry and <clears throat> the show business thing and how they conducted themselves on tour. But, you know, you can always tell the guys on tour who are like the old seasoned guys because they just come in and, like, they've got their luggage figured out. They're not the guy that has to open his suitcase up in the parking lot right. and like figure all this crap out. I mean, they're just, they just got it and they got the right bags and the stuff. And you s sort of look at that. So I've told people for years, find the smart guy in the group. It's usually the old guy and just watch him because that's what I did. And I didn't, some of them I was too embarrassed to even talk to. Like I wouldn't just go, Hey, can you tell me how to live better? Right. Just watch right. him. No, yeah. You just go, that guy's just got it together. Like I'm over here like like fumbling all my crap and losing everything. I don't know what's going on. And this guy's just smooth. And those were the biggest influence in my life. Those people. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like instead of just going and finding somebody, yeah. hey, will you do this for yeah. me? I'll bet a lot if you look around, you there's already a lot of people around that you can just look at and go. I'm just, there's probably not something bad about patterning some of my life around some of this good stuff I see in somebody else like that. It's good. The the other thing, you know, like we, we go to churches or events where they have like greeters or like, you know, Walmart. Yeah. The, and, host, the host team. <laughs> yeah. And you, they, you walk up to them and the, are a used car salesman and you just go, oh, dear God. 
is there any way to take this from me right now? You know, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> let this cup pass from me. And I tell you, the, the kind of person you don't want to ask is a person who's quickly to give you advice. Because you got to stay, you know, when people start giving you advice, just get the heck out of there. But you want a people, that, that, like to your point, is to that you can really learn from. And I, I have found that <clears throat> uh, no matter if, if I see a, uh, like there's a guitar player that I know, he's 14. And I really was impressed with this guy. And um, I thought, well, if, I, if there's only one thing I could say to try to get this kid's attention to where I might be able to speak in his life someday, I thought a lot about it. And um, it all, it's all about what question to ask. You never want to, you know, 70% of life should be listening and 30% telling. And so I, I go, so that to this kid I go, are those strings on your guitar off the frets at the, at the distance that are most comfortable to you? <laughs> wow. <laughs> and he's thinking, this guy and came goes, out of left field. Well, on, you know, on the, you know, the Strat or on the acoustic or he goes, actually this... This I had to get. Some, I got some calluses on my fingers because the you know the fretboard's different and the strings are a little <coughs> higher off the fret. <clears throat> I could I could go anywhere with that kid because I was in, I zeroed in. What is he interested in that could help get this conversation started? Yeah. But it's asking those questions rather than trying to because he doesn't care. What I think. And, you know, there's a book years ago by a, a Quaker named Tim Hansel called When I Relax, I Feel Guilty. And he says there's only about 50. Don't take yourself too seriously because there's only about 60. There's only about 50 people that care what you do. I'm just telling you that's way high. It's <laughs> yeah. like it's, it's like, like six. 12. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, and it's not my wife. Yeah, She's yeah. not one of them. No, but if I if I went back to, to you know see Connie, my wife, in a few minutes, I said, you know what, I was talking to these guys, and I really think I need to do something different. You know, she would go, well, that's cool. You know, as long as you long as you can pay for stuff, like yeah. she didn't care. That's not totally true, but really, yeah. You know, three weeks. You know, people talk about leaving, and 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 <clears throat> there's two words that start with L that we need to get out of our vocabulary. Are you ready? Yeah. Ready. Loyalty and legacy. Okay. Explain thyself. <laughs> Un wow. Unpack that a little bit. Jesus, I'm loyal to Jesus. Everybody else is suspect. Okay. And uh, the loyalty word is something that is given, not requested. And so if you go, if people start talking about loyalty, like I hear it all the time. Yeah, know? well, you hear it from church leadership. Well, of course, you know, and, <laughs> and the, the board members at churches, it's, it's very important that we're loyal to Pastor Ralph or whoever it is, okay? And what they're afraid of is, is as time passes by that there's going to need to be a transition, okay? 
So the loyalty word, people just throw it around like crazy. They think there's something just wonderful about that word. And when I hear it, I'm going, ooh, there's something here. that, And I'm all about honoring people, obviously. And it's very important to honor people and to value them and to, to be gracious and have gratitude. But the loyalty word, is that's a dangerous word to throw around. And the other one is legacy, because three weeks after you leave your job, it's Stan who? You know, it's like nobody really cares. Yeah. Oh, that's not true. Yeah, just watch, you know. You know, <laughs> yeah. So if you guys stop this podcast next Saturday, you know it's going to be like, oh, for about fifteen minutes. Then nobody cares. <laughs> so they're not. You know, you're not going to get a bunch of flowers, and you know somebody send you a flower or a balloon thing. Well, balloons are going to be gone because they're going to they'll be outlawed soon. So that's that's a whole other deal. Wait, balloons? Yeah. Well, that's, you, that's, you and I live in California, so... Well, that's the next phase after straws. I'm going to start concealed yeah. carrying straws around California yeah, exactly. and put them in my yes. belt. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that's the the two L word speech. I love that. Well, because loyalty, Dude. when it's when it's demanded, then it's, it's dictator. I mean, yeah. it's, you know, loyalty. Like, I want to have a loyal friend, but I can't demand that of them. No. I want them to be loyal because of our relationship and because of, you know how they care about it from their side. That's, that's such a, a magic, great insight. It's a magic word. But Jeff, yesterday you demanded my loyalty. Well, what was that all about? That was a different, different scenario. Oh, a different subject. <laughs> Got it. I like the two L's. That's good. Okay. So, when, so when people take themselves too seriously, yeah. that's when they think their, their legacy is going to outlive them. Oh, yeah. So don't take yourself so serious. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, and, you know, you guys don't have grandkids yet, you know. I, I do. By the way, yesterday, one of the most powerful moments of yesterday morning was when you guys showed pictures of your families. It immediately had, in fact, you know, it, it would be great, like, you know, for you, you you just have a one daughter, one Jeff. Daughter, yeah. yeah, but for, and you, you, what's your wife's name, Andrew? Natasha. Natasha, yeah. and your two little kids. What are their names? Dakota and Britton. Yeah. If you would, when you show that picture, if you go, Dakota, he's killing it, and he's just the the most rambunctious kid. I don't know that I haven't met him, and I'd love to meet him someday. But a, a fifteen second story about your your family members would make that dig even deeper into those people because, yeah, because good. a lot of those front of house guys are facing the same thing you're facing. And that just gives more empathy to the moment for them, yeah. for them to know that your kids don't make straight A's. You know, by the way, I think every, every kid should flunk at least one class. I think everybody should be fired at least once in their life. Speak so, it brother. So that's uh, awesome. Yeah. I'm gonna go fire somebody tomorrow. Just <laughs> yeah. make sure that yeah. happens. Yeah. How about my, you, Lee? You when my kid somebody? got his first soccer trophy for being in last place, I took the trophy away and threw it in the trash. <laughs> yes. Like that's because you, you don't deserve this. All kids you, don't you deserve a trophy. Sucked. Oh. When I grew up, they didn't do that. There were no consolation prizes. No way. You failed. You do right. better, and you get something next time. Second <laughs> second place is just the first loser. Absolutely. <laughs> That was a lot of first losers. Yeah, that's awesome. 
Yeah, that's all sissy stuff when you tell your kids, you know, like, we don't keep score and stuff. Yeah. It's like. You do keep score. When I was in school, when I, the best part of going to college, get out of the Mamby Pamby High School, go to college. And I'm glad I did. It was a long time ago, but I'm glad I did. But I love the professors that came in and they were very clear with you. You have an F. If you want to get an A, you earn it. You freaking yeah. earn it. And I'm like, I like you. This is awesome. Cause I will, I will get, if I want to great. If I don't want to, I'll take a C and you know what? I still graduate, but I love that versus the other ones who everyone has an A and it's up to you to keep it. I hate you. I don't want to be in this room. Yeah. I won't even look at you. Well, if you forget to turn the mic on when the pastor steps up, yeah, he's not going to come after the church, come to your console and go, you have, you got such a great personality. You know? <laughs> <laughs> People really like you. Yeah, that's hilarious. That's awesome. A few years ago, we were at uh, my nephew's basketball game. He was about seven or eight, and uh, it was one of those leagues where, you know, they're just starting out, so they they didn't keep score. So we came in um, to the game after it had started. So I sat down, and I said, hey, what's the score? And the mom said, oh, this is a league where they don't keep score. And my brother-in-law, the kid's dad, said, Honey, there is not a man in these stands who doesn't know what the score is. Hey, Jerry, what's the score? 14-6. I mean, it was like, it's not on the scoreboard, but man, there, there is not a man in the room who doesn't know what the score is. Yep. I love that. Yep. So what are your grandkids up to? <clears throat> well, I have seven. Um, and uh, I've met a few of them. I've met Lincoln. Yeah, Lincoln and Lila. And Lila, yeah. yeah. Now, Lincoln, uh, Church of Chicago, yeah. he got baptized about four months ago. Five That's months awesome. Ago. And so we, Connie and I, we flew out there to go as baptism. And they were at our house not too long ago, and uh, he got in a skirmish with his little sister some way. And I said, Lincoln... We might need to revisit that baptism. <laughs> you just, you, I may have to dunk you one more time, buddy. Maybe a big take. But Lila, Lila's going to have her own TV show someday. You think so? Yeah, you know, because you know the the C students, the A students, end up working for the C students, and the D and F students have their own TV shows. <laughs> right. <so. laughs> Oh gosh, there's hope for me. Maybe yeah. I'm going to get a TV show. But I know they. Uh, one of my favorite stories, yeah. grandkid wise, you know, my wife and I adopted uh, a little Hispanic baby, addicted to her mother's cocaine habit. This was uh, 30, 33 years ago, and we got in a three-year court battle with Orange County Social Services. They didn't want to, uh, at that time, didn't want an Anglo family to have a Hispanic baby. And this changed so much since then. But she was a troubled little 13-month-old little baby, little kid, and we adopted her. And uh, six months ago, she had a little boy. And so watching her hold that little boy, you know, I don't speak in tongues, but I came real close whenever <laughs> whenever awesome. I saw her hold that little baby. It's pretty awesome. That's yeah. That's so cool. But they're good. You know, they're... There's seven of them. Four of them live in Phoenix, and three, uh, two in Chicago, and then the, the little boy named Daxton. What a cool name! Yeah. Um, 
he is just lives two miles from us, and we get to see him many times. So, so he's the one that gets spoiled too. Then, I, yeah. Well, I told my other kids, my my own kids. I said, "Hey, look, I just want you to know that this little guy is going to get more presents for Christmas than your kids." <laughs> Proximity he, effect. Yeah, and I said, "And I'm, he's going to get more of my money, more of my attention, just flat out." You know, keeping score, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. If you want more of me, more of my money, you come live close to me. But otherwise, you're coming in second on this deal. Yeah. <laughs> Your choice. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, that's awesome. I love it. If you don't like it, move. Right. Yes. My mom would lose her mind <laughs> if I did the opposite. Like, hey, I live in California, so if you want to see your grandkids, you got to come here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is funny because, you know, every summer it comes around. My mom's like, so are you guys coming to Tennessee for summer vacation? I'm like, Mom, let me think about this. I'm going to spend $3,000 on flights to Knoxville, Tennessee, or $3,000 on flights to Disney World or Hawaii. What would you do? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> or $300 to bring you to me. Right. I'll buy you a ticket to come see us. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. On occasion, you may want to be more... more like Jesus on that deal, but I, I get <laughs> not all the time. Every no, once in a no, while. Jesus. Just every would, once in a while, Jesus would take your kids to, you know, Disney World, but he might stop by to see mom too. So you might want to revisit that someday. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll consider it. Just jot it down. Look yeah. at it later. Gosh, it's really Delta's fault. Totally, that's what I'm saying. You can always find somebody to blame. Always, we can, we can blame the airline. Absolutely, totally can. Okay, so in the beginning of this podcast, we talked about Starbucks and Denny's. Yeah. Why don't you give us your exhortation on Starbucks and Denny's? Well, I would love to. Um, Before you go there, I need this to be good because I've embraced Denny's my whole career. And I'm surrounded by people that don't understand what's going on with Denny's. And they refuse to eat there. They don't like it, yeah. but they'll and go I don't, to Starbucks. But every let me day. tell you, Andrew, yeah, and Andrew, it's making mis- it's you, making me not like them. You're missing the blessing here. <laughs> I please because stole this the fact me. that you like something that most people don't is one of the best, the most wonderful joys of life. This is true. Yeah, and so, <clears throat> and usually, the people that you really don't want to go to lunch with won't go with you to those places. So that's a kind of a protection if you think about it. it He's speaking my language. You know this? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So can you imagine if all of those people were in Denny's with you? You'd well, hate it. never. How about well, this? Everybody that wants to, hey, let's have a lunch meeting. Great. Meet you at Denny's. It's hooked to the truck stop over there across the freeway. There'd never be, they'd be like, uh, uh, I'll put it in a memo. Perfect. You'd never have to go to a meeting again. Right. Does oh. Denny's have quinoa? Well, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like trying to get an 80-year-old to floss. You know, I don't mean your teeth. Uh, <laughs> That's funny. So, uh, which which would be awesome, actually. But here's my here's my soapbox. Um, I'm just not impressed with people that go to Starbucks. That's the bottom line. Okay. <clears throat> and here's why. And and you guys, we're we're drinking. You brought me a Starbucks cup of coffee, which is fine. The best coffee in the United States is Dunkin' Donuts, but that's a whole nother deal. Uh, <clears throat> but um, so here here's why, and it's a sociological thing. 
you watch people at Starbucks and they're all either watching their their phones or they are looking at their watch or they're on a trajectory of I am pretty happening and <laughs> and yeah. I'm about I'm about to meet somebody or talk to somebody that's going to help me make a lot of money. <laughs> and I'm just excited right now. And <laughs> so everybody's so on this good. trajectory at Starbucks like, I'm way cool right now. You know, it, it's it's like... They're on their way to something else. They're on, and everybody's on this, this, this conveyor belt that's about a 45-degree angle up, up to the right, and they're killing, they're killing it. And they're all about $75,000 credit card debt. And, uh, you know. This is so good. And so if you you see somebody, hey, how's it going? You know, well, you've got about 20 seconds to talk to somebody because they're on their way out. Yeah. Or the people are on their computers. They're not working. They're looking for work. Okay, is what they're doing on the computer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so they're on, you know, they're just look. they're trying to get there. And I understand that. But if you really want to get there, you know, most of life, most people zig, you've got a zag. Always, Jesus yes. was a zagger. He was, you know, the yes. last thing you want to be in life is normal. And Jesus wasn't normal. And so. That's all so awesome. So, so. That's the story about Starbucks is everybody's like out. They don't really care about anybody else in the room but themselves. If you go into, if you go into Starbucks, you immediately don't care about people. <laughs> it's just in the air. Uh, it's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey guys, my entire worldview has just been altered right now. Or confirmed. Yep. Confirmed. Like, and I'm going to do that. If you want to have a meeting with me and you want to eat, we're going to frickin' Denny's. Yeah. And if you don't like it, get out. Well, I don't need you. So when I was growing up in, in that little town, there was a little diner there, and you could actually sit next uh, across from somebody and talk about something of, of life. So when you go into Denny's, it's like going to an aquarium. Life just slows down, you know. So when you when you <laughs> an aquarium, oh my gosh. <laughs> so you go to Denny's and like we're sitting right now at this at this table across from each other, and I could really lean into this. And if I wanted to tell you something privately, I could lean into it here and go, mm-hmm. "Hey, Andrew, you may want to reconsider this, dude, because your mm-hmm. your attitude absolutely sucks." Okay, I can. Hold it. I've had that t- conversation with my wife. Yeah, I think, but you can't say that stuff at, at Starbucks. You're not allowed to say life things at Starbucks. You go to Denny's, you can lean into it, and let's face it, <clears throat> people that eat bad breakfast food that's not healthy for them live longer. <laughs> this is so true. <laughs> they do. My mother died at 94. She had bad breakfast every morning. My granddad is 99, 98 years old or some crap, and he eats like pound of butter every morning, every yes. <laughs> since I've known him. Right, and right. You, He can't die. Yeah. My grandfather. He's petrified or something. He lived alone by himself for the last 20 years of his life. He made biscuits and gravy every morning that would feed five or six people for just <laughs> himself. 
and would just eat a little bit of it and then take it outside and he had junkyard dogs on his property oh, and it would just that's what he would feed the rottweilers he had he was a junk collector so on saturdays in the south it's rummage sales everywhere right well he would roll around town at two o'clock after all the rummage sales were about to be done and just walk up to someone and say what do you want for the rest of it hundred bucks and just clean them out <laughs> and then take it home and he had these makeshift sheds all over his property with all this stuff he collected with just crap in it just stuff american pickers that's one of my favorite tv shows this was like redneck american pickers because yeah. then about every <clears throat> two months he would have his own sale and sell all of that stuff so he had these rottweilers on cable ties that he connected tree to tree all the way around the property and he'd feed them biscuits and gravy every single morning. I bet That's they, all they loved ate. him. Yeah. You know, there's a life lesson there, and that is always have stuff that's not worth anything. Because eventually... <laughs> it's worth something? It's not going to be worth anything, no matter what you have. <laughs> yeah. So just go ahead and do it up. Buy an old, you know, buy an old turntable with no needle in it that's got a cracked plastic top on it, and take it home and yeah. just really like it. And because no matter what kind of gear you got in 20 years, it's going to be crap. So you might as well just do it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so one day, actually the last Rottweiler he had. Oh yeah. This is a good story. I go over there and I'm like, I don't remember the dog's name. Sheba or something. He always had funny names for him. I'm like, where'd, where'd Sheba go? And he goes, well, a couple of days ago, I went out and fed her and she snapped at me. And I looked at her and said, you do that one more time, I'm going to shoot you. <laughs> he said, so, this morning, went out, she snapped at me again, and I shot her in the head. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I like everything about the story. That's yeah. unbelievable. I can say that. He's passed away, so he can't go to jail now, so I can say that. But, yeah, he, that's... But in the South... Can you go to jail for shooting a dog? It's 2018. But in the South, I mean, come on. Maybe. But, 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 but if a dog comes at you? Yeah, that's true, I guess. Well, he, it, it was on a leash or tied up to a tree. He went back in the house, got the revolver, went yeah, back outside, shot it in the head. Okay, the, shot it in the head. Yeah, the jury might think differently on that one. It right. might, yeah. might be yeah. premeditated. Yeah. There's a lot of animals that need to be shot in the head then. Yeah. yeah. So, Stan, you don't know this, but part of every, almost every episode of the Mix You podcast has a soapbox moment. Yeah, and I'm thrilled that this episode had your Starbucks soapbox because yeah. we, you know, we get questions all the time about, gosh, what's the next soapbox? We love the soapbox, and I love the fact that there's so many lessons about the Denny's thing. It's just, it's just crazy. You know, the I thing that my wife hates about it is she's embarrassed that I take people to, to Denny's, and <clears throat> when I say to somebody, you know, like. If I meet meet a person and I go, you want to have lunch someday? And then you go, where where would you like to meet? You know, and where I live in Orange County, there's a lot of really weird places you could go to lunch that serve weird food. Crazy. Totally. Yeah. Super. And food I go, is. let's let's meet at Denny's, and it's almost like, okay, but man, don't tell anybody. Are we allowed to do that? <laughs> Just don't tell anybody I'm having D Denny's with you. You know. There's a fun part of it, but there's also a lot of value in it. Like when I say I want to meet somebody at Denny's, it's like we can be free to have a great conversation. And not everybody at Denny's is looking for a new job. So, 
Yeah. Or they, a lot of them are looking for a job, but they wouldn't find it there. So Getting to sit in the Denny's or live in a world without all the pretense would be, I mean, that's the world I want to live in. Right. Like, no kidding. Yeah. I don't want to go somewhere where I feel like I have to measure up just by the coffee I order yeah. or whatever. Yeah. I guarantee you, if, if a pastor would have a booth on stage with a Denny sign on it, the church attendance would go up 15% within the next three months. Don't Google that because I make stuff up. But the, <laughs> <coughs> but the pretense part of it, you're right, Andrew, is yeah. people are so tired of the tired stuff in life. So uh, Every now and then, no, actually every episode, we also read church sound complaints. We have people send them in to us. Like we have them collect them and send them in, and we read them. Like stuff that's written on the back of an offering envelope or a bulletin. They'll scribble notes and hand it to the sound guy, so we collect those and share them with <laughs> I our have tribe. A couple I can leave with you today too. So. You do, <clears throat> yeah. Are they accessible right now? Wait, in my mind, Look, our memory. I like this. We'll just go ad lib here. You know, I've I've had gray hair since I was thirty. You know, I started getting gray hair early in life. And I was at Mariners, this is my home church, and I, 15 years ago I was leading worship, some some on the weekends there, you know. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't let me do it every week because I was just too weird, you know. And and uh, But I love that place, and I've invested a lot of my life into that place. But um, the first time I led worship there, they got a, a card, <laughs> card, they brought it to me and showed it to me. It said, what's up with the has-been gray-haired country singer? <laughs> They definitely go to Starbucks. And, and they don't know what joy that filled my soul when they told me that. It was just fantastic. That's exactly what Newport Beach probably needed. Yeah. But my best uh, my best one that I can remember is the lady that the, brought the executive pastor over to me, and she was in tears. She said, it's just too loud. It's too loud. And the thing you always say that you always want to say, and you guys know this, the first comment, no matter what the complaint is, is this. Where were you sitting? Which means nothing. Yeah. But it's always a good thing to start with. Right. And so um, I said that, and she said, I said, well, I'll go talk to sound guy, front of house guy, and uh, let him, you know, I'll tell him what your complaint was. I forgot to go talk to him, and after church, she came up to me, and she was crying. She said, oh, it was so much better. Thank you. And I forgot to go tell him. <laughs> yeah. Nothing and changed. I said nothing to him, and she thought just by saying it that it helped. Right. But I'd love to hear your stuff. There's several. Um, one of these, uh, we'll start with this one, but it's it's just awesome. Um, it's not directly related to sound, to a, you know, a, sound thing um but it it landed in the comment box um i guess the church and it's written you know as they all are they're written on an offering envelope so this one said uh what's funny though because i I happen to be looking at it now so you got the comment card and it's like today i decided to you check the box right follow jesus for the first time join a small group <laughs> yes. decided oh, to give beautiful. this one is turned sideways with all that stuff ignored and, and it's, it's just handwritten so, 
And they said this was found. Uh, this was found after the service, laying there. And so this comment card is turned on inside, and it's just kind of scrawled in it. And it just simply says, "Your Xbox is going away when you get home." <laughs> so you can imagine what's going on with that. So some mom, some mom is sitting yeah, in the pew, and just the kids just going crazy. And she's Aww, just like, "No, we're that's done." Fantastic. So. This okay, so this one, um, this is another uh, picture of a comment card. Oh my god, um, it's so got an illustration, it's too. got an illustration, and it, it looks like it's probably written by a female because it starts out, you know, as all great complaints start out, there's a you know, I call them a, a criticism sandwich, you know, like you can lead if with you put positive, a, lead with positive, and then with positive, and then the cream filling in the middle is all the crap. So, this one, the stage looks beautiful. Exclamation point, you know, written nice. Dotted her eyes then, with a heart. It's then great. it says, regarding, colon, smoke machine. Please, no more horrible. For the health of the pastor and congregation, stop it. God bless. And then there's two drawings. There's a drawings of like a, a person, like a little stick figure, and a looks like the they've drawn the they've drawn the haze. <laughs> And then another person on the other side with a frown on its face, and it's labeled toxic smoke. No. Are you serious? Yes. I want to put a picture of this online. This is incredible. Um, yeah. So that was... Uh, Horrible for the health of the pastor and congregation. Yeah. So thanks for sending that one in. There's, there's one more I had here that this is kind of cool. Um, and so this isn't necessarily a, a complaint thing. The guy's just relaying a story of this. And so I'm just going to read it. And this is when I read this one and it came out, I was like, okay, this is cool. So here's the, here's the narrative. Um, our church shares the auditorium wall with a gun range. Okay. I want to go to this church. First of all, coolest church ever. Yeah. Oh. So our church shares the auditorium wall with a gun range. Uh, whoever sent this into us, uh, you need to send me a note. Send us back a note and tell me where you are so we can come visit. Because we can go shooting and, you know, come oh. listen to your PA at the same time. Okay. Church shares the auditorium wall with a gun range. So the main sound guy for all of our churches and me... I'm the sound guy at our campus. We're playing back some recorded tracks and got a call from the campus pastor. He asked, what were we doing? And said he was getting calls about the noise level. There is a business on the other side of us separated by two walls. So they're assuming it's that. My pastor called them back and said we were doing some tests to find out if it was the gun range complaining. We can hear their guns through the wall, but they were complaining about our stuff through the wall. So I find that a very... Uh, you so work just, at a gun range. And you're complaining about... the. I mean, there's no way. I've been to many gun ranges. And the minute you walk in the door, no matter where the actual shooting range is in the facility, you hear it. Oh, yeah. Clearly. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So that like this is ridiculous. If your if your snare drum is actually competing with a yeah. thirty eight caliber pistol, right. we've got a problem. Actually, so wherever this is, I think they've probably got the best PA 
in the universe. Right. If the gun range can complain, you guys are interrupting our business. <laughs> I'm perplexed. I got to go there. Yeah, you know, you're talking, you're talking about the smoke thing on the stage. I have a, I have an, an idea how that can be fixed. Just put all the chain smokers in the first two rows of the church. And just let them fill the place up. It's a good idea. You know? We don't need say, to have a sign that said, chain smoker, move, please move to the front two rows. <laughs> and that'll fill them up. We had a lady sue us over Hayes. Huh? Yeah, she actually filed a lawsuit. That's fantastic. Yeah. I hope she won. Yeah, she right. dropped it. Okay, we got to do one more. This is We're going to round this out. So this is, uh, okay, so this one is a photo. So this will be the last one we do. And, and this is a card, and the card, like, really really bold across the top and in colored says need prayer. How can we pray for you? And it says, we will pray for these requests for two weeks unless notified or updated. Feel free to leave requests on our 24 hour prayer line or online at the church's name. So, I mean, this is a literal prayer card. Here's what's written in, in like blue, like, like a marker felt tip, like, marker. like someone's like, please, please, please. So if you're the prayer partner person, you're like, oh. This is the desperate plea. Okay, let's call the prayer chain members. We got a good one. Please, please, please. I feel the vibrations from the volume of the music. And feel is in all caps. All caps. I feel the vibrations from the volume of the music. (laughs) I try to move where it is a little more dead air, but have not found it. That's the prayer request. That's it. So they need prayer to help find the dead air. The dead That's air. It. They're not asking to really change anything. No, they just need help finding their way. They, yeah, okay. This is amazing. And we know exactly where this is because the card says where it's from. So I love these. Keep them coming. Yeah, keep oh, them coming. This is so great, you guys. Yeah. If you can, we need we need photos of the actual thing. So those those are the best ones when we can actually see. Yeah the photo of the handwritten notes. So keep them coming. We love it. It's it, it makes our <clears throat> our day when we see those things. Well, Stan, thanks so much for doing this, man. You're very welcome. I'm, I love talking about this stuff. And uh, the thing was the, yesterday at the, at the uh, mixed you thing yesterday, <clears throat> and I was at the one in Chicago too, it's like, you know, and I was a you know music producer, so I've been I've logged a jillion hours. You know, f- listening to music in a in a studio. Yesterday, that was that intimacy was very cool. It reminded me of of that in some ways. <clears throat> the thing that was just amazing to me the last two of these I've seen is that these people will actually sit still and look at a screen, and you guys talk deep stuff. And you know, they're like. <clears throat> A bunch of Greek scholars lis- yeah. listening to a, mm-hmm. a, a brilliant professor. <clears throat> yeah. But I'm going, it means a whole lot to them and it really matters. And I was just like, this is the coolest thing. And there's no other place that I've ever seen nor heard of where people can get that kind of information. So I was just like, and I even was interested in a lot of it. <laughs> Like not all. I mean, a lot of it. Like not all of it. But <clears throat> I'm thinking like I was, I was keenly interested in twenty seven percent. 
I was moderately <laughs> interested in 40%. I'd say that's pretty, that's pretty good. good. Yeah. Pretty good, though. Yeah, that's pretty good. Like, you know, I know Apogee, and I know, I know some stuff. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to do another one in Orlando in November, and you're going to be there, too. I would love to be there. Yeah, so check our website. That is November the 12th. 12th. With Veterans Mixu. Day. Yeah, Veterans Day. It's a Monday. Yep. For Mixu Live in Orlando at Real Life Church. Yep. And then the following day, we're doing something pretty cool. This Check this out. This might be right up your alley, This actually. might be. Well, Maybe you should do this, too, actually. Mm. So at WFX, you familiar with WFX? Yes. It's a trade show. So they've asked us to partner with them on their tech leader retreat is what it was formerly kind of known as where a bunch of tech guys got in the room and there was a panel of tech guys on stage who flexed their mega church muscles and blah, blah, blah. Right. So we decided let's do something totally different. Let's still have a couple hundred tech guys in the room, but let's not put tech guys on the panel. So we have a senior pastor, a CFO, an executive pastor, creatives, worship leaders, and a wife of a mega church tech director on the panel. Wow. No, I don't want to come to that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's that's fantastic. Yeah, because when else do you get a chance to talk to another church CFO as a tech director? And ask them, like, what they wish you knew. You know, that's one of those things where you've got, like, a dairy farmer and a brain surgeon in the same room. Right. And let's let them have a conversation. Yes. That's the conversation I want to hear. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, totally. So we tried to develop a, a something that'd be like, what would we want to listen to? If that's really our. That's really how we measure all this stuff. Yeah. We yeah. do a mix you live event that you were at. What do we want to sit and what would we pay to listen to? That's and so then we go do it. This is the same thing. What would we want to do if you got a room of three hundred techs at a, you know that are there for a pre conference day? What would they want to hear from? And we're like, well. I would love to listen to a panel that's comprised of what he just said. I mean, it makes sense. So for you guys who are hearing about this for the first time, you're going to have an opportunity when you sign up to sort of pre-populate our content with some of your questions. So you'll be able to come and get your actual questions answered. We'll try our best to provide real solutions to what your needs are, and you'll be able to walk away with something totally practical. What if you had a drawing? Like a four dinner for four at Denny's, a drawing. Brilliant. (laughs) They go to dinner with us and you at Orlando. Well, that'd be me. But just like we're having a drawing, it's like you know, it's like better than a great piece of gear. Yeah, a meal at table for four, and you go to Denny's. And you get them prepared for it. And when these four people walk in, they like get the best service in history. Denny's would be way into it. Dude. I love it. <laughs> awesome. Denny's with linen. <laughs> with and, linen and table cloths at yeah. Denny's. Uh, Denny's. Yeah, that's great. Rent, a bu- rent three or four tuxes for the Denny's wait- staff. Staff, you know? Oh, that's oh amazing. <laughs> Now you're now you're cooking. This yeah, is good. Awesome. Okay, and in well, two weeks, August thirty first, we also have something we want to tell you guys about. You can check out social media and the website for this. But Mix You Now is going to be launching, going public. It is an online, on demand video teaching for your church and all your teams. Check out the website for more of that. We're super, super, super excited about it. 
60 bucks a month gets your entire team access to what will start with 75 videos on things like gain structure, high pass filter, microphones, and things like parallel compression, broadcast mixing, dynamic EQs, beginner to advanced. Hit the website. You'll love it. We had people yesterday, I had several people come up to us yesterday and ask, ask specific questions about stuff, asking about this video series. Hey, will it explain just, man, just how to understand gates? Yes. Another one said, will it, uh, it was something about miking drums. I'm like, it's on there. Like, it's all of those questions we wish we could spend four days with you right. doing. It's just, it's just there. So this is going to be something pretty hot. Yep. And then Jeff is leading our coaching efforts and those are going to start next week also. We got almost 100 people signed up for coaching. We're going to be in online small groups with 100 tech guys around the country. It's so cool. It's so awesome. we're, we're already, you can hit the website as well. We're already signing up for the next semester. This semester goes through the end of the year. And then another one starts in January. But you can find all that stuff at uh, makesure.rocks. It's great. If you want to rock, that is. All right, Stan, we're going to let you get out of here. I love hanging out with you guys. And I love what you're doing. And thank you for... Uh, just for hanging out with me. And so let's do some more of that. Yeah, let's do it again. Yeah, thank you very much. All right, see you guys. guys. See you.